we've been talking about the theme of the Holy Spirit, and it's an interesting uh, topic, and I'm spending so much time on it because I think traditionally this, uh, at least, I don't know, I won't say this church, but at my experience with uh, churches, they haven't really emphasized the gifts of the Holy Spirit or living with the Holy Spirit. Um, we'll often you know, be focused on the historical um, reasons for, for Jesus' uh, life, death, and resurrection. The once and for all sacrifice for our sins, of course, is central to the gospel. And uh, certainly that happened 2,000 years ago, or more than 2,000 years ago, right? Um, but we forget what happened after the uh, resurrection, <laughs> Right? God was around, and he's not sitting in our pews anymore with the church. He left. <laughs> you know, he hung around for, I think, uh, I think it says another 40 days or something like that. Um, and then he, uh, he ascended to heaven. He took his rightful place on the throne above heaven and earth. And we kind of uh, stop our story there and kind of just kind of I don't know, after summer and school gets busy, we, we look at that sign when we go into the grocery uh, department store, right? Uh, 55 days until Christmas. <laughs> you know, we just think about Christmas again, right? Just kind of cycles of life that take us through the nativity scene and all that uh, Christmas stuff of, that we do. But I think uh, we need to spend the rest of our lives, really, living in the Holy Spirit, because God said he was going to give us a helper, his true essence of God to live with us and in us every day of our lives. So um, God says, Jesus said, I am not going to leave you as orphans, okay? Yes, I died for your sins. I, Jesus, raised from the grave, you know, how you all doing down there? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> no, God wants to give us his actual power and his essence. And so, uh, gosh, I think a majority of the year, we should be thinking about living in the spirit. And so, in fact, uh, 1 Corinthians, the apostle Paul says to the church, us, I don't want you to be ignorant about these things. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are God-given uh, he gives, endows us with us. The, the actual Greek word is called charis. Charis. This is where we get our uh, wonderful word charisma. God gives us spiritual charisma. All right? Right? We, all, we, we love that word, right? If we're in a room, we, uh, the person that comes in and lights up the room, right? This is the life of the party has charisma. We have spiritual charisma. Why does God give it to us? For the good of building up the body of Christ. So he says uh, it's different than the fruit of the Spirit. We covered last time, right, in Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit, God's essence, uh, are characteristics that we all are to develop and aspire to over time. You can't live your Christian life and say, well... You know, I'm just not a patient person. I've never been a patient person. 
God didn't give me that gift. <laughs> you can't say that, all right? Uh, we are also aspire to love, God's agape love, not transactional love, not familial love, not obligation, but God's uh, agape love. We all are supposed to aspire to self-sacrificial love, right? Joy in the midst of circumstance. And here is the Apostle Paul encouraging us to have more God's joy in our life. What is joy? That is a sense of satisfaction, a delight, even in the midst of circumstances, right? Not only have, do we just share what the good things that are happening in our lives, but as we share just life, right? Oh, I got an accident, that type of thing. I got a ticket, Right? I went to help someone on the road, and I turned around, and I busted my fender on the way to help that person. <laughs> Real-life situations, okay? I was in the midst of doing ministry, helping someone, and I busted up my car <laughs> just for, what's that, what's that phrase? No good deed goes unpunished <laughs> from the modern play Wicked. You guys ever see that? So love, joy, having joy, satisfaction, which is very close to peace, God's peace, right? That goes beyond understanding. These are all things that we are to aspire to, right? But it's different than the, the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us, comes inside us at our conversion, and can come upon us with special uh, God's uh, uh, enlightenment, so to speak, knowledge, wisdom. But God can uh, infuse us with special gifts that God endows us with, that you can't necessarily aspire to, but God gives these gifts. So how do we do this, all right? How to... Uh, be filled with God's Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5, the Apostle Paul says, continually be being filled. Sounds like bad English, right? But that's how it reads in the Greek, okay? Be filled. Continually be being filled. What does that mean? As we come to communion, as you come to church, um, you know, don't just think, oh, yeah, I was baptized once. <clears throat> yes, I've done that. Or I take communion once a month. Think about, as you come prepare your hearts for communion, it's continually being filled by God's presence. And how do we do that? We continue with continual repentance, with continual repentance. That is, turning to God's ways versus our ways. Um, the scripture talks about before you take the elements is to consider, do you have ought with your brother? Are you in conflict with someone close to you? And if so, it says to lay your offering at, at the altar and go make peace with your brother and then give your offering before God. So turn to God's ways versus our own. 
okay? There's nothing magical in drinking the grape juice, right? Right? There's nothing magical that's going to make me more holy by drinking uh, wine or whatnot. It is the heart. It is the heart. Finally, have a repentant heart. Be open to the idea of concept of baptism that we talked about, like tie-dyeing a shirt when you throw a, a white T-shirt in, a, in your red clothes in the washer. <laughs> it dyes it pink, right? It dyes it pink. Permeating, overwhelming. Think of that baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not just a once uh, event, but uh, it's really a state of heart. So we talked about the body of Christ is an organization with Christ as the CEO, the head, and the Holy Spirit is like the nervous system that, that uh, permeates and gives us power to function in the roles of the church. We talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given and cannot be obtained or learned. However, they can be neglected, as the Apostle Paul talks to Timothy in uh, 1 Timothy 4.14. He, uh, God had given Timothy, equipped him to be a leader in the church, and the Apostle Paul is exhorting him, encouraging him, fan into flame. What does that mean? Fan in the flame. He, had, he has this little spark, the, the characteristics of being a leader in the church. And he's saying, develop it, practice it, fan it into flame so God could use it. Which is in you through the laying on of hands. And we talked about last time, is there anything magical about laying on of hands? But probably more so it was uh, Timothy's commissioning, um, possibly, However, we'll see later in the scripture, there's something about the laying on of hands. It's kind of a formula or, or a step to receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts that we'll see here. So quickly, uh, for reference, I'll just give you the reference. What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? 1 Corinthians 12, you jot that down. 8, 19. So these are different than the fruit of the Spirit, okay? So uh, to live life, God does not leave us as orphans, but gives us these special gifts. We don't have all of them. <laughs> we're not, personally, we're not going to obtain all of them. But as we meet together, when we share our struggles in small group, when you console someone when you talk to someone through their struggles like the gift of faith when someone's going through a hard time if they're in the hospital maybe facing life and death you almost have faith for them as you talk and pray with people right you give them their hope you give them their joy you give them their your hope in God who is over life and death as we pray i love praying the prayer the apostle paul's prayer uh for i am convinced of this right that neither life nor death nor things past nor things present nothing above or below the earth can separate us from god's love isn't that an amazing a uh, prayer to pray with someone if they're facing life and death you're almost giving them 
Paul's faith. You're sharing your faith with them. I, lo I love that. Sharing your faith isn't always witnessing to someone, right? But you're giving them your joy. You're giving them your hope as you pray with them. But this is a laundry list of some of the uh, uh, endowments, gifts that God can give us. God says, uh, I have not left you orphans. Um, everyone has a gift. Uh, some of, to some are uh, a word of wisdom. Maybe you have the gift of wisdom and knowledge. Prophecy, that is uh, perceiving truth and speaking truth into situations. Having faith, healing, miracles, discernment. Apostleship, of course, there's no apostles now. Um, probably the last ones were uh, the Apostle Paul, who, who uh, experienced Jesus, an eyewitness to the resurrection of Jesus. Um, the gift of teaching, the gift of administration, the gift of helps, helping, pitching in. Uh, that doesn't come... Uh, some. Some people have, uh, my wife, Joanne, has the gift of helps. She just loves uh, helping um, any need that's around her. Her radar is, is up to help like that, and people love that gift of hers. Romans 12 is a second kind of laundry list, the gift of prophecy, giving, generosity, exhortation, that's encouragement, that's another uh, Synonym for exhortation is encouragement and the gift of ruling. Okay, now, the nitty-gritty. How to obtain the gift of the Holy Spirit. There seems to be kind of a right and wrong way to do that. In Psalm 51, I alluded to before, the King David uh, kind of, it speaks to unrepentant sin. Okay? Unrepentant sin when uh, King David was caught when his sin with Bathsheba and cover-up and murder and, and all this stuff for his selfish reasons, uh, he prays, he pleads before God this repentant heart of take not your Holy Spirit from me. Because if he was remained in this sin like his father Saul was, the Holy Spirit left King Saul due to his uh, selfish uh, ambitions and selfish heart. But the heart of David, even though he was a sinful man, and this is one thing that's encouraging. You're, you may be thinking, well, how could God use me? And time and time again, uh, God uses, gives examples of using people that are imperfect, Imperfect vessels. That's a whole other message and sermon of the amazing way that God uses us as broken vessels. Right? So that's, this seems to be certainly a formula. Is We can look to Psalm 51 as that repentant heart. And what is God, uh, King David known for? If you do ever do a character study on him, he had a very sordid <laughs> life. But he is known as a man after God's own heart. 
a man after God's own heart um, because he had that repentant, repentant heart. So number two is, again, not being attuned or submissive to the fruit of God's Holy Spirit. Again, uh, being avoidance of God agape love, being uh, only uh, tossed about by our circumstances, not being attuned to God's peace, nor his patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Uh, like I said, after service, sign up uh, uh, for Valerie to give an RSVP. I'm sure there's going to be testimony after testimony of uh, how gentle uh, Lil Wong was, right? Uh, her gentle, her kind, her patient uh, spirit, all right? And we could easily say this was just her personality. That's how she was gifted. No, we're all to aspire to that kindness, that gentleness, all right? And that is something is very difficult. We have to submit ourselves to. So as we prepare our hearts for communion, as God is cleansing us, baptizing us, basically, with God's own spirit, let's think about these things. Number three, focus on obtaining, possessing the power of God's spirit versus just being once baptized, but changed, metamorphized, metamorphosized, saturated, like that pink t-shirt. And the motivation is not for our own glory, but God's glory. So let's take a look in Acts 19. Acts 19, there's some interesting stories of how the early church obtained the Holy Spirit. Acts 19, 1 through 6, Paul in Ephesus. I'm going to be reading out of Acts 19, 1 through 6. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the inner interior and arrived at Ephesus. He found some disciples, and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So there's this kind of separation between faith, faith in God, and receiving the Holy Spirit. It's very interesting. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, we, we, we would come to this and kind of assume they would just say, yes, that's what Scripture teaches, right? When you come to faith, you inherit the Holy Spirit. What did they say? They said, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit, what? Interesting. So Paul asked them, then, then what baptism did you receive? And they said, John's baptism. We remember uh, John the Baptist came before, was cousins of Jesus. He was baptizing people, wearing burlap, eating locusts, wilderness man, right? And he's the one that baptized Jesus. <clears throat> they received John's baptism. And Paul instructs us. I love it when Scripture explains what Scripture is about. <laughs> so here Paul is explaining, teaching. I don't have to teach it. It's right there. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the... Uh, he is uh, John. John told the people 
to repent and be baptized and to believe in the one coming after him. That's Jesus, the Son of God, who was what? The Lamb to take away the sins of the world. On hearing this, they were baptized, not in repentance, John's baptism, not to look forward to the one to come, but the one who came, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So there's a distinction there if you want to do a study in, you know, people that were, they had faith, just like the Jews believed in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible and those traditions. And some were faithful, right? Like Nicodemus, you know, God didn't, uh, uh, he counted their faith as valid because of their heart. Here, the Apostle Paul found some disciples who had a heart that was genuine toward God, but they had not received the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was given after Jesus ascended, so they were kind of ignorant. They did not know about all that Jesus represented, that the Son of God came, lived, died, conquered sin and death, rose to the throne, and gave the gift of his own spirit to come upon them. They didn't know that, and they were baptized in the name of Jesus. So, it's again, it's not just a ritual. Okay, all right, let's dunk you again. Let's say it again. I now baptize you in the name of Jesus. It's not as simple as that. What does the name mean? It means everything Jesus stood for, all right? That's what in the name of means, which means is the forgiveness of sins. You see, earlier in John's baptism, they, he, they were baptized in, the, in John's baptism for repentance. Were their sin, did John forgive their sins? It doesn't teach anywhere that the apostle John had the power to forgive their sins or grant them salvation, right? John didn't die and rise from the dead and give the Holy Spirit. He didn't have that power. Being baptized in the name of Jesus is having faith that our sins are forgiven in the once and for all sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus raised from the dead, arised to the throne, and was promised to give the Holy Spirit. So they were then baptized in the name of Jesus. Then, <clears throat> point two, then Paul placed their hands on them. Again, there's this placing on of hands. You know, is it, is it required? <laughs> it seems to be there a lot, okay? Again, it may be just like, again, the commissioning, all right? The, just like taking communion is like, this is, this is our act of worship our act of repentance, our act of submission, just like baptism is our act of submission, belief, identifying with God. Then Paul placed his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them. That is the power of God's Spirit and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. That seems to be the, that, the formula in the book of Acts. Another interesting story, Acts 8. So jot that down or turn there, Acts 8, 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem had heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, right? 
Samaria, which was on the outskirts of Jerusalem, Judea. Samaria was like the country that was half Jewish, half Gentile. So there was intermingling there. They were looked down upon, Samaria. So they were kind of Gentile-ish, <laughs> right? They were half-breeds. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, which is the whole uh, gospel of Jesus, life, death, and resurrection, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they had arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might also receive the Holy Spirit. So laying on of hands, praying with them, asking God for his spirit to come upon them, which had not been there yet, because it says what? 16. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. Interesting, huh? You would figure, you would think, it would be in our experience, once they believe, they would inherit the Holy Spirit. It's a given. So what does that mean for us today? Maybe not a given. <laughs> All right? Maybe not a given. Now, you can do your own research and see argument against argument. It says, is there a baptism of the Holy Spirit? Do you have to lay hands on people? Do you have to do that? You know, there's books written on both sides. So when they arrived, they prayed that the new believers, that they might inherit the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay, Interesting, right? They had been simply baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. What does that mean? That they were baptized, they submitted to the, the gospel, the knowledge of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and salvation. They were baptized, but they had not yet inherited the Holy Spirit. Then, P then Peter and John, again, here's this placing on hands on them, and they began to prophesy and speak in tongues. Okay, Acts 8, another's last story. Acts 8, 14. Here's a wrong way to receive the Holy Spirit. So we've kind of delineated examples of kind of how in Acts they receive the Holy Spirit. That is coming to faith. John's baptism isn't the same as baptism in Jesus' baptism, right? The whole knowledge of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And then... You can simply be baptized in the name of Jesus, become a Christian, all right? Start going to church in our modern day and age, but not, apparently maybe not yet receive the Holy Spirit. Here's an example of the wrong way to receive the Holy Spirit. It's sometimes instructive to look at the, the wrong way to receive the Holy Spirit or desire possession of the Holy Spirit in Acts 8, 14. When Simon, not the disciple, when Simon the sorcerer, all right, saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of hands 
of the apostles. He offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that one whom I lay my hands on will receive the Holy Spirit. So, so Simon the sorcerer was this magician, or I don't know what he was. You have to look up the word sorcerer, what, you know, what a sorcerer was like then. But he saw this ability, right? So nowadays you'll see people doing mind reading on TV and stuff like that. It looks like they have this amazing power to read the audience's mind, right? So he was into this, you know, supernatural, the edge of supernatural things. And he saw the apostles, God's power being given through the laying on of hands. And he focused on this laying on of hands and going, ooh, I want that ability too, I'll pay you for that. Verse 20, Peter answers him, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry. So this is, this is why, okay? Because your heart is not right before God. Okay, there it is, right? It's a heart condition. There's just specifics. Your heart is not right before God. Repent. Here's the formula. This is how to get your heart right. Repent of this wickedness and pray that the Lord, pray to the Lord in hope that he may forgive you. So that's what we just talked about. Get your heart right. Repent. Be baptized in Jesus' baptism. For what? The forgiveness of sin. Forgiving. So hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. And specifically, he says in verse 23, For I see in you, you are full of bitterness and a captive to sin. So that is how not to receive the Holy Spirit. Just like Psalm 51. If his heart is full of bitterness and he's a captive to sin, it ain't going to happen. Well, this, this is one example of how to get your heart right with God. Number one, you need to get your heart right. You need to repent. We need to repent of those things. Remember I gave that message about the spirits, right, in a house? If a spirit leaves, you know, if we don't do anything, the spirits are going to come right back, right? The same thing. We need to get our hearts, the room ready for God's spirit. Repent so we could have forgiveness of those sins and to be open to get rid of these spirits of bitterness this unrepentant sin being a captive to sin to allow God's spirit to fill us and then not to disparage Simon the sorcerer too bad in verse 24 he says oh pray to the Lord pray pray for me that nothing you have said would become true I don't think it I don't, I don't know what happens to Simon the sorcerer if he, uh, if he truly repents. But it's an interesting example of uh, instructed for us of how we, what conditions we need to receive the Holy Spirit. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard, let's see, oh, this is just a summary statement. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that there might be, receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not come yet in any of them, because they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So that, that was really surprising to me when I did this study. 
okay, if, if some believers were baptized in John's baptism, maybe it meant certain things. It wasn't the full gospel, okay? Maybe some of your experience, churchism, um, our, our experiences are different, right? Maybe we were brought up in a Catholic church. Maybe we were brought up in, you know, other ritual churches where you, they teach you to do these right things and they, that's what you're supposed to do. Maybe it wasn't full or comprehensive enough. Here it's talking about uh, being baptized in John's baptism wasn't the full gospel. And interestingly enough, simply being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit didn't come yet. There apparently was this laying on of hands and being open to God's Spirit to come within us. Again, and then the Simon the Sorcerer teaches us it's not just a ritualistic thing of the act of laying on of hands, but it's a heart issue. So in wrapping up, as we come before communion today, I am praying for God's us be being filled by God's Holy Spirit. As you prepare your hearts to take communion, there's nothing magical in the cup, but we are baptized. We are communing with the baptism of Jesus Christ. That is God's forgiveness of our sins as we repent. We identify with Jesus' life, his death, and the power of his resurrection. And then the whole content of today's message is God ascended on the throne of heaven and earth so that we could be continually being filled with God's spirit. So let the Holy Spirit convict us, remind us of our sin that we need to, here's the formula, repent, that is turn away, not leaving room Repent from not leaving room for the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That is love, more joy, more peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. We cannot buy God's Spirit. Our heart has to be right before God. That is to repent of the things that God brings to our consciousness week by week, day by day, as God changes us into more of his image. Now, it's, don't feel bad about it. This is God's process. God uses, chooses to use us as earthen vessels, human vessels. And we pray, we repent, and we pray that God would forgive us, and he has promised to forgive us. And we ask for God's strength to get rid of the sinful, selfish spirits that are in our heart and memory. Maybe we are full of bitterness, like Simon the sorcerer. And maybe we are captive to sin, in certain areas of our lives. 
King David once said, once prayed his heart, opened his heart before God. Oh God, my creator, create in me a clean heart. Oh Lord, my God. And renew a right spirit within me. Take not from me your Holy Spirit, but renew a right spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and restore a right spirit within me. May this be the prayer of our heart and may God, may it create the right heart, the right environment for God's Holy Spirit to come. And God, we, we ask for the renewing of your Holy Spirit to be filled, to get rid of, to open space in our hearts, God, for your own spirit to fan that flame, God. Fill us today because we need help, God. We need all the help we can get to live life, to live to face the challenges that are before us, God. Give us your love. Give us your joy, your peace that goes beyond all understanding. And all God's people said, amen.